Hey, O'Neill. Welcome to Murder, Murder Sisters. Sisters. This is episode two. And before we go into the episode, I do have a correction and then kind of, I guess you can say like an announcement followed by a request. <laughs> Jeez, I know. It's a lot. <laughs> and then we'll get to the story. Um, but okay, first of all, I need to make a correction to last week's episode. I accidentally said that the site that officers dug out with the bulldozers and the site that they took the cadaver dogs to were the same place, and that's not accurate. The second tip that police got from the narcotics officer about the home in Spiro, Oklahoma, was the place that the officer searched for a second time with the dogs. So I apologize for that. No apologies necessary. I had it in my notes correctly. I had it in my head correctly. And then just my words were not correct. That's fine. It Uh, happens on the first episode ever. (laughs) Also, I'm very happy and excited to announce that we actually had people listen to our first podcast. Woo, woo, woo. It wasn't just our mom, dad, and our best friend, Andrina. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks, people out there. So I think Justine was sending me text, text notifications every time somebody listened so we had, and I'm. this is just off the top of my head, like we had p- somebody in Texas, Georgia, mm-hmm. the UK, France, France, mm-hmm. where else? New York. New York. Yeah. Yeah. Washington. So, and that's just the ones that we are remembering. So with that being said, thank you. Thank we you. We hope you guys yeah. liked the first episode and are back for the second. And if you do like our podcast then please subscribe um rate review us and now comes to my request now I come to my request Mm -hmm. (laughs) sorry (laughs) English is not my thing so I'm going to ask that people send in any personal experiences that you may have had with like murder true crime and that can either be like happening directly to you your parents someone you know or just like in your hometown or whatever And then hopefully we will get enough stories to possibly do a listener's episode now with all that business out of the way. So we did a true crime documentary. So it's most of our, I guess, research and comments are going to be based on a documentary, but then also we did some side stuff. So it's not entirely covering the whole documentary, but we're going to be discussing the price of honor And we are going to split this one up again. That seemed to work last time. So we're Mm going to do half me, first half me, second half Justine. So I'm going to go ahead and if that's okay. Go, jump right in. I'm waiting. I'm like like sitting on the (laughs) edge of my seat. All right, let's get to it. So the price of honor can be found on Amazon Prime. So it's free with Prime. And it tells a story of the honor killings of Amina and Sarah Saeed. I do want to start out by warning listeners that the documentary was not an easy one to watch. There were clips of 911 calls of Sarah and there were discussions and detailed police reports of sexual assault against children, video footage of actual honor killings and beating. The victims were two teenage sisters named Amina, who was the oldest, and her younger sister, Sarah. They also had an older brother named Islam. I believe Islam was one year older than Amina. So both girls were very beautiful, smart, sweet. And there was a lot of home video footage that 
was shown in the documentary throughout the years growing up. And there was just like a lot of footage because the father, Yasser, was constantly videotaping them. Sometimes they were aware of it and other times they weren't aware of it. And basically he would follow them around and record them secretly sometimes to make sure that they were behaving. And it just gave a snapshot of what the girls had to live with on a daily basis. And it just kind of showed what kind of creep their dad was, (laughs) basically. One thing that I did notice right away is that the documentary focused heavily on Amina and especially her relationship with her boyfriend Joseph and his mother Ruth. I think that's because Amina had a lot of correspondence between them via email and like notes. So there was just more content to share between Amina and them. I also got the impression that Sarah was on the quieter side, a little shyer, even though she also did have a boyfriend. He wasn't interviewed at all. He was blurred out in the documentary and no correspondence between him and Sarah were shared at all. Both girls were part of a Taekwondo studio, which is... I found that interesting because... Yeah. I don't know when an abuser, a parent is like, here, go defend Learn how to fight back. Yeah. Uh I don't know. And like just letting Letting them them have that freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I thought that was kind of... I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, hmm, interesting. That's where Amina, so at the Taekwondo studio, that's where Amina ended up meeting her boyfriend, Joseph, who she called Jojo. Both Amina and Joseph, according to Joseph, noticed each other right away, and Amina actually asked for his number. They started texting, and that's kind of how their relationship began. The relationship between the two of them moved pretty quickly, and I think In my opinion, this was due in part to the fact that Amina had found someone that was like really nice to her and he told her that he loved her. And I think it was a way for Amina to like kind of escape her horrible home life. Sarah, who was one year younger than Amina, was not covered as much, like I said. But what they did say about her was that she wanted to be a doctor. She was very academically driven. So I think that she was... You know, she was a little bit more reserved, more quiet. She was studying a lot and really into school and kind of kept to herself. Whereas Amina was more outgoing and, you know, just, yeah, they were just like different in that way. After covering a bit about the girls, the documentary goes into the backstory of Yasser Saeed and the girl's mother, who I'm going to call Tissy throughout. That's what they called her in the documentary, but it's short for Patricia. Yasser is the oldest of five children, so he has one sister and three brothers. Um, Apparently, Tissy, who, again, is the girl's mother, was like 13 or 14 at the time that she met and started dating Yasser's younger brother, Yasin. And Do you know how they met each other? Like, how did did a 14-year-old meet? I know he was, like, much older. (laughs) So, from what I gathered... The family, the Saeed family had either owned or I think they like owned or ran a convenience store that she frequented that was like in her neighborhood or something like that. So I think that's kind of how they met. I know. It's like, but it gets worse. (laughs) (laughs) After dating Yasin for a little while, Yasin asks Tissy's father for his blessing to marry her and the father gives it to him. But the two end up breaking up before they get married And then shortly after they break up, Tissy begins dating the much older Yasser, 
And he was 30 at the time. Ew. Yeah, so he was way older. And she was like a young teen. She was like, I guess at that time she was 15. So he was 15 years older than her, oh, which is like weird. Like what? Ugh. So Yasser proposes to her and also gets the approval from both of her parents. And it seemed like the driving force for the marriage was so that Tissy could get out of poverty. Her family was really, really poor. And Yasser told her and her parents that he came for money and could give her a good life. So I think that was kind of like why they ended up agreeing to let her marry him. We can't hope that she's good. I mean, there's yeah, no they just thought it was like, I guess, that, her escape. Yeah. Basically. Is with this old creep. Yeah, okay. exactly. Makes sense. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I would never do it. I would never allow it. But that's just me. But shortly after getting married, the couple had their first child together, and that was Islam. Tissy was 16 at the time that she gave birth to him. He wasn't included in the documentary too much. He showed up in one of the videos, and then he will show up at the end of the documentary. I think Justine's going to cover both of those, Mm -hmm. hopefully. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) We shall see. I don't know. She then had Amina when she was 17, followed by Sarah when she was 18. So it was like bam, bam, bam. Like kid, kid, kid. Mm -hmm. Tissy started out at the beginning of the documentary stating that Yasser was very abusive to her, had multiple affairs, and I think she said six that she knew of, and had a child from a previous relationship that he had nothing to do with. He would sexually and physically abuse her. He said at she said at one point he like cut her with a knife because she didn't oh, want to yeah. sleep with him or yeah. something. He cut me on the thigh and she's yeah. crying and feeling bad for herself. Yeah. Which whatever. I know she's a victim of abuse and she came yeah. from a horrible background. I sympathize with her for that. And she was very young when she married him. So I yeah. mean the amount of psychological damage he was able to do and brainwashing yeah. is a lot, but you know. Eh. Mm-hmm. I mean, when it comes to being a mom, she was, you know, uh, piece of shit, <laughs> piece of basically. And then as she's kind of like talking about all this abuse and basically what a bad guy he is, she also casually slips in there that he had killed a man oh, years yeah. previously. She, just, she literally just like I'm like it in. screech like <laughs> record scratch. Yeah, he told me about a coworker where he hit him and then. Hit him again and yeah. then hit him again and then he died. Yeah. She's apparently, according to Tissy, they had gotten, he had gotten in like an argument or something with the coworker. And so he waited in his car for him after work. And when he came out, the coworker came out to walk to his car. Yasser just hit him with the car a bunch of times and oh killed God. him. Yeah. Hit and, him three times. Yeah. And then, and then he died. And yeah. then she said that his family basically paid to make it go away and his family was from Egypt so I don't know it didn't specify if this had happened in Egypt or if it had happened in in the states yeah I couldn't figure that out either and I was like in the states it doesn't I don't think that like would they happen have a lot of yeah pull. they would have a well, lot of pull. and you can't just pay somebody off if you for vehicular homicide yeah <laughs> you know mm-hmm. I mean that's not how it works here. And I'm I'm not even sure that it would work there in Egypt. I mean, I don't know anything about and law there. 
They didn't show any proof There was no proof that this actually happened. But it was just like, what? Yeah. It could have like, been him just intimidating. Like, or to show how powerful his family yeah, was. Yeah, that's another. Yeah. Who knows? So then the documentary goes on to discuss an incident where Amina, I'm not sure how old she was, maybe eight, nine, I think eight ten. or nine, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, she discloses to her grandmother, so this is Tissy's mom, that her father, Yasser, had been touching her and her sister inappropriately. The grandmother then tells Tissy, who did the right thing. She took them to the hospital to be examined and contacted CPS and the police. Both girls were talked to by police and they filed reports. And I don't want to necessarily go into what the reports stated in terms of the abuse, but it did actually show in the documentary, it showed what the report said. It, like, highlighted... Exactly what yeah, they and said it was, happened to them. It's not good. Well, it's disgusting. The examinations of the girls didn't indicate trauma. However, the official... Official? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> the official medical report stated that sexual abuse could not be ruled out. Mm-hmm. So, ultimately, nothing came of the report. And even though... Yasser was brought in and talked to by police. There was basically nothing they could do. And at the time, Tissy had been staying at her sister Connie's house with the kids. And it was about that time that Yasser began calling Tissy's sister's house. And he would call all day off the hook in 30-minute intervals, just constant calling, 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 making threats against them. In the night. Yeah, like all, all night. Through the night, like 1 a.m., 3 a.m. Yeah. And, and keeping them up. And-, and Connie said at one point, which, just side note, I love Connie. Yeah, I love Connie too. <laughs> I just liked her. At one point, she ended up just unplugging the phone because mm-hmm. she was like, we couldn't get rest. We couldn't sleep. He was just calling and threatening and harassing and... So after she did that, Yasser was like, all right, so I'm just going to, you know, start harassing Tissy's mom and dad. He saw Tissy's mom as being the reason for the girls making the police report because Amina had told her about it. And so Yasser, I think, kind of blamed her for it. So that's kind of why he focused his anger and threats on her. And the dad. But because of that, all the threats he was making, Yasser is eventually arrested for retaliation. The girls are then persuaded by Tissy to retract their statements and allegations of the sexual abuse by their father. It didn't flat out say, like, that she was the one that persuaded them. But it's pretty obvious. Mm -hmm. And... Based on, you know, later on, yeah, what happens, it's yes, this is probably her. That's and I think persuaded. she did it to kind of keep the family from being broken up, which mm-hmm. is just disgusting. So put your kids first. Yeah. First safety. and foremost, you have to take care of your children. After that happened, there was an obvious wedge in the family, particularly between Tissy and her mother, because Tissy's family thought that she should have left Yasser after the girls t- told her what had been going on. And instead, she made them recant their statements, and she moved back in with them. Wow. With the girls. Oh, my God. Wow. And apparently, Amina had written a letter to Connie, who's the aunt, 
saying that she was made to change her story and that she didn't want to go back to, to live with her dad. And Connie said she hid the letter in her closet and had intended to hand it over to CPS or the police. However, it ends up going missing. And Connie theorized that Tissy somehow found out about it, maybe from Amina or, you know, some other way. But she thinks that when she was at work, Tissy went into her house and found the letter and took it. Of course, Tissy denies that there was ever any letter. She said there was never yeah. a letter. But, you know, then again, she I, I don't She's believe her. She's lied so many times <laughs> nobody can trust her. Yeah. yeah. So Tissy obviously got back together with Yasser and the family takes off to Maryland for a few months while the air clears in Texas. And then from Maryland, they take a trip to Egypt, which is where Yasser and his family is from. And then after their trip to Egypt, they come back to Texas. And once they get back to Texas, Tissy's younger sister, who was not shown in the documentary, I don't even recall if they shared her name, but she moves in. I think she moves in or moves close to. Yeah, I don't know that part. I'm not, I don't know what yeah, happened with that She part. like moves in or close to Tissy to help take care of the kids. And after helping out for a couple of weeks, the younger sister starts to tell Connie that she doesn't want to go back over because Yasser is messing with her or basically like touching her. And they didn't want to go to the police about it. No report was made. Is she a child? I don't know. She's a child helping raise kids and getting touched. I just know she was the younger sister. Okay. And, you know, it didn't go into a lot of detail. Again, it was kind of like that murder thing. Oh, he previously murdered someone. It's like a blip in the story. Mm -hmm. Just another crime that Yasser has committed. Committed and got away with. Yeah. And so when Amina is 16 years old, her father, Yasser, takes her to Egypt and tries to sell her to basically the highest bidder, which I, I, from what I saw in the documentary, I guess there was like 40 plus year old man. Gross. Uh, Yeah, so gross. And we know this from emails that she wrote to Joseph and his mother, Ruth. And the documentary actually shows the emails that Amina wrote to them detailing the fact that her father was going to sell her off to a much older man and ship her away to Egypt. And she was obviously terrified of this happening. Yeah. I can't even imagine that. I can't either. It's something I can't even try to put myself in her situation because it's just, I can't. And Amina states in one of her emails that she had overheard her dad talking to his brothers about the bride prices he can get for her. And just all this terrible stuff like that no daughter should have to hear coming out of their father's mouth. I mean, or like having a conversation between, you know, your uncles and your dad. Yeah, just gross. Yasser and Tissy had apparently been open about the fact that the girls were to marry Muslim men only. They weren't allowed to date American men, marry American men, which... Did not make sense to me because Yasser himself had married a white American woman and the girls were half white and American. Yeah, that's weird. That because of their Muslim culture and I don't know. He wasn't even religious though. Yeah, it didn't make sense. No, nope. it's like one of those weird 
I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get it. It didn't That's make so sense true. to me. I didn't but... even think about that, that he married a white And his American, kids are like... half white and they're American. And I don't know if it's a white thing or if it's the American thing, but either but way. kids are American. Covering, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and like he's, he lives in America. He, what? I don't know. At this point in the documentary, Amina and Joseph are making their plans to run away together and get married in Vegas. And according to Ruth and their entire family, they were super supportive of them doing this. Ruth had mentioned in one of her interviews that she would do anything to get Amina out of that household and away from her father. I really liked Ruth. I th- mm-hmm. So I thought she obviously cared about Amina. Yeah. She had her best interest at heart. But at the same time, I think she was very, very fearful and scared that if she like contacted the police or contacted CPS, that nothing would happen. That Yasser would just say the girls are lying. It's all lies. She's a teenager. She just is, you know, being rebellious. And and then after that, Yasser would get mad and either sell the girls off or, or kill, kill them. them and or and also go after Ruth if he yeah. somehow found out about her telling. So it, or I Joseph. think she was in a really tough spot yeah with that I know she wanted to help Amina and wanted to get her out of there but I don't think she really knew how yeah which is understandable yeah so I mean the best thing she could do was offer herself as a resource and someone she could go to and Amina did go to her for a lot yeah and And they did become close on her basically yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I believe we discussed earlier how Yasser would film videotape uh, video record whatever the girls and it was really creepy and gross a couple of the times it showed in the documentary like the girls were playing outside on a trampoline jumping on a trampoline like little kids do and Yasser was inside inside the house recording them they didn't know they didn't even realize and they're just having fun with their dogs and turned around and caught him recording and they yeah, were like so go away you know go away get out of go away he was constantly recording constantly and then another time they this is like really weird stalker i would say stalker behavior no definitely the tilly tissy sorry tilly. <laughs> tissy and yasser were both in a car filming amina while she was working at like a convenience store and she was just uh, a cashier and Yasser asked Tissy do you think she can see us and Tissy's no I don't think so she was a part of it she was part of this like stalking I don't know and then they saw Amina smile at a customer and Yasser was like oh she's gonna be in trouble yeah she's smiling at a customer and Tissy said you know, something to the effect of, like, she has to. This is part of her job. The whole thing's crazy. I mean, I can't even describe it because it's so, like, bizarre. It's not normal It's not normal at all. Not at all. Hey, wife, let's go hop in the car and film while she's working. And I don't know what the point of that was. I really don't. And then another time, another really creepy time. This is one of the times that they show Islam is... When Yasser and Islam go into Sarah and Amina's room while they're sleeping and pull the covers off and are 
messing with them and recording it, of course. And Yasser like zooms in on, I think it was Sarah's mm-hmm. like butt and says, oh, nice. Yeah, something like that. Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, just and then beyond he, creepy. Didn't he say something about Amina's legs? Like nice legs. Yeah, nice legs. And then he said something about one of them like, oh, Sarah doesn't wear pants to bed or something. Or Sarah wears pants to bed. Something like she that. She was wearing pajamas or whatever she was wearing. But it was just gross. It was like they were very uncomfortable. And he like roped Islam into doing. He was like, take their blankets off. Yeah. Yeah. Making him rip the blankets off. Like this is a bonding dad son bonding thing to creep on the daughter sister sisters. So anyway, there was one point where Amina was writing a letter to Joseph And Yasser had caught her in the act and thinking quick on her feet, she said that it wasn't a letter to anyone real. It was just a made up boyfriend because she's not allowed to have boyfriends. So she's like playing pretend whether Yasser believed her or not. He just felt, oh, I'm losing control. Mm -hmm. And he uprooted the whole entire family and moved them all to Louisville, Texas. So Joseph hadn't heard from Amina for a while. Amina reached out to the Taekwondo instructor through email and asked her, asked him to pass on, you know, the message to Joseph that she, where she was, what was going on. Instead, the Taekwondo instructor spoke to Joseph's parents. So then Ruth and Amina came in contact with each other. Ruth never told Joseph about this interaction or any of that stuff. She didn't mention any of it to him. And that's when Ruth started realizing, like, all the abuse that Amina was going through. And at one point, Amina said that she had been beat because she didn't tell her father where Joseph's address, what Joseph's address was. Her father wanted his address so that he could go kill him. And she wouldn't tell. And so he kicked her in the face. And she had said that she had told Ruth that her you couldn't tell the difference between her face and and her braces because her lip was like infused or not infused but her braces got embedded into her lip lip. and then they show tissy you know what about this incident where yasser kicked amina in the face and her you know lips got embedded or her braces got embedded into her lip and tissy's reply amina never had braces which I mean, she doesn't deny him kicking her in the face, but I have a question about that because as soon as I, that part came up in the documentary and Tissy said, oh, she never had braces. Yeah. Instead of Tissy saying she never, she didn't get kicked in the face. She said she never had Had braces. braces. I'm like, what? Oh God. Like speaking Uh, of kicking someone in the face. I want to kick her in the face. Yes. That's what you were trying to say. Yes, it is. So around this time, Yasser plans another trip to Egypt and Amina is convinced that she won't be coming back to the U.S. She totally just thinks she will be sold and that Yasser will take her passport and she'll be stuck in Egypt, married to an old, creepy, gross man. So scary. When they land in Egypt, Yasser does, in fact, take the girls' U.S. passports like immediately But they all end up returning back to Texas, and Amina lets Ruth know that she has returned safely back to the States. Ruth decides to let Joseph know that she has been talking to Amina, 
Because I, you know, it showed Amina saying to her, please, 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 Yeah, please. she was like begging. And then they make contact, Joseph and Amina make contact again, and they, you know, resume their communication and the relationship. They just loved each other so much. And despite being back in contact with Joseph, Amina is just not doing well mentally for good reason. And at this point, it's around Christmas of 2007, and Yasser makes a statement that he is going to kill Amina because she was dating an American boy. After making this threat against Amina, Tissy picks the girls up along with a friend of theirs named Eddie, who is a DJ. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that whole thing is. Yeah, I don't know. And Sarah's boyfriend, Eric, and they head to Kansas. Yeah, I was really confused at this part about... Eddie and why Eddie and Eric were with him. I don't know if it was maybe for extra protection in case Yasser. I don't know. But I was kind of thinking that same thing. But then I'm like, they're teenage boys. Yeah. What are they going to (laughs) do? Yeah. That's really. I don't. Where are their parents? Yeah. They were teenage boys. Exactly. Yeah. Again, a point where I needed more details. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tissy's aunt Jill lived there in Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, and they showed up on the doorstep and Jill welcomed them in with open arms. I like Jill, too. I did, too. Yeah. And she was so she was like, "Okay, let's make dinner for you guys. And she made um, Mexican food that night. She didn't have enough chips for the salsa. So Tissy offered to pick some up. And uh, what Jill said is, okay, then she took all All the the kids kids with her, like just to go get a bag of chips. Yeah. And they came back a little while later, and she she was like, we're leaving. Yeah. And and then Tissy kind of explained it like it, would, it didn't work. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't the right place, place for us. us. And I'm like, it seemed like she was really welcoming. She's like, very what? kind. Yeah. I don't understand why. And she didn't go into no, any more detail she, other not. than it didn't, it wasn't the right place for us. So anyway, they leave... And go to Oklahoma. And Tissy finds an apartment. They stayed in a hotel, I think, like, for a little bit until they found an apartment. Maybe even the next day. Yeah, I w- I'm not sure. And and so she paid two months up front for that apartment. And all of the kids stayed with her. And she has a job that she's actually set to start. I know. I was very like, next Monday. I'm like, so wow, excited. definitely like, not California. Right, Tissy. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> All right, Tissy, oh, this yeah. is your chance. Getting a job like two <laughs> and an apartment you get there. and a job yeah. all in a couple of days. Cut yeah. throat here. <laughs> yeah. So she was going to start her job that following Monday. And that was where it seems really exciting. This is our chance so, to start over. Yeah. Okay, so then, you know, finally things are looking up. And, but that didn't last very long because during their road trip, They had destroyed all their cell phones and bought new ones, but somehow mysteriously, Yasser got a hold of the new cell phone number and begins contacting Tissy to try to get Mm -hmm. her to return home. So obviously Tissy reached out. For sure. But, you know, there she goes again, ruining, putting her daughter's lives at risk. That's what she's doing. And I mean, for real. So yeah, after Yasser slowly broke Tissy down, she finally caved, and but she didn't let the girls know why they were going back to Texas. She had said that that they were going to go to their grandmother's grave together to yeah, lay to flowers, like put flowers down, and or then something. Eddie had some DJ gigs. So I, 
have well, he's a teenager with a I DJ, know, a DJ gig. gig, whatever. <laughs> so there, the plan was to go for a couple days and then mm-hmm. return back to Tulsa. But right when they got to Texas, Tissy says, actually, we're going back home to Yasser, to your horrific, evil, despicable dad. And because they're both 18, they had to go with her. And not Amina, 18. I mean, because they're both not 18, <laughs> they had to go with her. Amina just says, absolutely not. I'd rather die than go home to to him. I hate him. I'm not going. Sarah seems a little more like, I don't know. She's she just... Compliant. Yeah, compliant. That's the word I'm looking for. So Amina refuses to go home and tells her Aunt Connie and Jill that her mom tricked her into returning home. She never wants to go back. She'd rather die. They said that a a lot. Like, she'd rather die. So Amina ends up going to a friend's friend's house. house, and, And then Tissy ends up getting Sarah to text Amina to tell her to call. And Tissy actually shows up at Rosemary's house, Amina's friend, and makes Amina come home with her. And at this point in the documentary, Tissy says that Amina wanted her to come and pick her up because she had school starting. Oh, Amina wanted me to come pick her Mm -hmm. up because she needed her school School stuff. stuff. Why couldn't you have dropped it off? I don't know. Anyway, another Another lie. Sounds like (laughs) another bullshit story. So... As every like everyone else said, Amina would rather die than go home. And then Tissy's like, yeah. no, she wanted to. So either way, she got her to come back to the house. And once Tissy returns home with Amina, Yasser says that he forgives the girls and he's so sorry and blah, 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 blah. And uh, I want to take you girls out to dinner. Let's talk about this. Let's talk this through. You know, you ran away. Which should have been the biggest red flag. Yeah. It's out of their whole entire life. He's... Killed one man already, yeah, apparently. apparently. He's abusive. Yeah. He's just he's a creeper. And then now he wants to make up. He's threatened to kill them. It's Yeah. How many signs can you possibly have? So he loads the girls into the cab and drives them to... He he had a taxi cab that he... I think he borrowed he, it. Or he, like, drove a taxi sometimes. Sometimes when he felt like so it. so weird. Yeah. It's like when he felt like it. And... Uh, he drove them to Omni Mandalay Hotel, and that's where he shoots and kills them in the front of the hotel. Amina was instantly killed, but Sarah was first shot in the chest and was alive long enough to make the 911 call. The 911 call was really difficult to listen to, not only because you can hear Sarah dying, but also because the dispatcher didn't handle the call properly. It just is frustrating to listen yeah. to. Yeah, 911 operator is supposed to, like, keep you on the line, keep you talking. Yeah. He basically was, like, just transferring the call the whole time. To- yeah, know. transferring to fire department. Yeah, and then they were just like, hello? hello? I don't know. Oh. Oh. Yeah, it was uh. just, like, frustrating to watch or listen to. Yeah, and it's you hear her, and she's, oh, my God, my dad shot me. I'm yeah, dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. That's what's up. Yeah. yeah. She says that at one point. It's- I'm dying, and... And, and we, I might be, like, being too hard on the 911 operator, but, you know, it was just frustrating when to it's, listen to it. Yeah, when it's that close where she's, like, alive still yeah. and then ends up dying, it's just your – and replaying that 911 Ugh. call, it's just very – I don't know. Like, they could have done something. They could have done something. So they both end up dying in the taxi cab in front of the hotel. After killing his two daughters, Yasser – takes off and leaves the cab in front of the hotel. He sh- probably got 
help from his brothers. They oh, seem to be in this yeah. little weird brotherly pack where they help yeah. each other do evil shit. And then he disappeared. And the theory is he got help from his brother Mosin or Yassin. And that they had actually planned the murders the days leading up to it. Because police looked at Yasser's phone records and there were a lot of calls between the brothers in the days prior to the murders, which I guess stuck out and was not consistent with Yasser's other phone activity. Like, it was a noticeable spike in time between Yasser, Mosin, and Yasin in the days leading up to the girls' murders. It's The Saeed family clearly had a large part to play in Yasser being able to evade capture for 12 years and they are all to blame for these murders. The... Documentary had a few experts and they discussed like what are honor killings and why they happen. And what I took away from this part of the documentary is that honor killings are not based on religion, but are based on culture and tribal behavior. They had mentioned tribal behavior and it's not religion at all. It's totally, you know, it's almost celebrated in some, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's like. The way they described it is like honor killings happen when a family feels like they need to do that in order to save face in the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is regain yeah, their honor respect back. Yeah. And Which is I'm thinking, I, how can you respect someone who kills their own children or who kills anyone? It's that's uh, it's a, a sign weird, of being super out of control and I don't know. It's like I, a weird cultural thing that I just don't get I don't get either I think a lot of us don't get that so yeah for a long time he evaded authorities and he was on FBI's top 10 most Mm -hmm. wanted but we are so happy to report that as of August 2020 so 2020 brought something good yes yay besides you know horrible you know pandemic and we aren't supposed to say the p word Lisa. okay so he's captured, and his brother Yassin and his son Islam were also arrested. Yasser has been on the run for 12 years, and he was eventually caught through the DNA testing of some trash. I know. Because he is trash. I know. How ironic. On August 17th, the FBI had begun 24-hour surveillance of a home that was purchased by Yassin's daughter and was located in Justin, Texas. Aw. Close to your name. I know. <laughs> kind of feels like my Justin, name. Justin, Justine. Justice. I mean, you get called Justin all, all the time. time. <laughs> it should be my name, yeah. <laughs> About a week after beginning surveillance on the house, agents saw Islam and Yassin leave the Justin, Texas home with two bags of trash. Naturally, the agents followed Islam and Yassin, and they ended up in a garbage can. Yeah, like 20 miles away or something, right? Like, at right? A, Yeah, it was at a shopping center, which was roughly 20 miles away from their yes. home, where Islam and Yassin dumped the two bags. The agents swooped in and collected the trash to take it back to their field office and test some cigarette butts they had found. The very next day, agents executed a search warrant of the Justin, Texas home and found Yasser Saeed inside. They arrested him without incident. Thank God. God. Woo. So he had been hiding like right under their noses, basically. But I very... mean, yeah, but he had so much help from his family. Yeah, that's true. And uh, I'm glad that his son and his brother were arrested. Me as well. too. And I've actually researched a little of it and found people are like wanting the mom to be charged. She I, lured okay, them. Thank you. She lured her daughters into their I murder. Am so glad that you brought that up 
because I totally agree with you. Yeah, I think so too. She was definitely involved in that. And like they were saying, the experts were saying in the honor killings, sometimes the, the mother is like fully involved in these yeah. because you know, it's oh, themselves. To I don't what know extent she was involved, but I mean, she drove she them to their death. She want yeah, tricked them and to get them back. Nothing else. Child endangerment. Yeah, child endangerment. Yeah, they were I under mean, eighteen. Totally. Oh my god, it's frustrating that she's just out and like just living life, telling and, her lies. And then it, there's a quote like, "The girls can get can rest in peace oh, now." Gross. Now that he's been caught. And it's just, I'm just not cool with the mom. So let's get her ass no. locked tissy. up. F you, Tissy. F you, Tissy. We hate you. <laughs> so, that yeah. That wraps it that up. That wraps it up. It's, it's an important to- story to tell. And, and you know, it's it shouldn't have happened. It should never have happened. And so if we can just learn from this moving forward. But, you know, the motherfucker got caught. And that's. Yes. And hell Yeah. <laughs> and hell, hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you for um, listening yeah thank you and i think if all goes well with justine editing mm-hmm. we're gonna be releasing this monday monday tomorrow oh my yeah, gosh so before christmas so happy holidays to everyone again thank you for actually listening yeah i, can't, I still Don't, can't believe no I'm you gotta have confidence like <laughs> I yeah we know really you're listening out there georgia expecting you mm-hmm. know so it was really exciting seeing people yeah, listen to Yeah, thank you us. so much. We appreciate everyone. Yeah, I, we love it. And we, please, oh, yeah. Oh my gosh, so sorry subscribe. for interrupting you. Hmm. I totally, I asked people to write in to us and I did not <laughs> give my our email address. Okay, that's Like important. you guys are supposed to just read our minds. So our email address is murdersisterspod at gmail.com. So that's murdersisterspod at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Until next time. Happy holidays. Peace out. Catch you on the flip side. Bye.